Focus. Focus up. What is going on? My name is Chris Ruby along with Nicholas Monahan. This is the 18th episode of the Rubio Method. We have a phenomenal show for you. We are going to cover the following topics and possibly even more. Vegas and gambling. Who we want to interview. My Damon Dale stuck in a room. The best possible job in sports proper terms to use and this one should get really interesting being two pc all of that and much much more on the 18th episode of the rubio method christian i'm out focus focus up talking to you abraham out in cummings georgia what's going on thanks for watching on spotify youtube amazon google and apple Podcasts, and of course ngbn.tv monahan talk to me daddy what do we got all right today folks we're talking about music i love music and chances are you probably do too so why are we talking about it so music has been linked to uplifting our moods and making us have better, uh, uh, more healthier mental health. And that's what we're all about here. So today we're going to talk about making your favorite playlist. And so what I would suggest in a way, if you're having a rough day or if you're looking to kind of spruce up your day, I want you to have a playlist. And as Rubio says, there are no dirty little secrets. They're all good. <laughs> um, pick out songs that you absolutely love, something that's really going to put you in a good mood, especially if you're having a rough day because uh, research has found that it is, music is an excellent way to reduce stress and it is inexpensive uh, and is as inexpensive as exercise and it'll get you the same endorphins almost as exercise. So get that playlist that you like, get it all revved up and ready to go and get in better moods, baby. Let's go. That was a phenomenal minute with Monhan. And you know what's also great about uh, play playlists nowadays, Monhan, is that you can actually share them. So you can create a playlist for me and I can create, create one for you and we can just share it very, very easy. Actually, it would be a very nice thing to do for your buddy, your friend, wife, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, anything like that. Monhan, do you have any website questions for us? Yes, absolutely. First and foremost, this comes from Tucker in Florida or yeah, Fort Lauderdale, Florida uh, says you both have spoken about Vegas a couple times. So I must ask, do you like to gamble and what's your game of choice? I'll go first. Yes, I love gambling. <laughs> it's literally so much fun. Um, but I don't like to play like car. I like playing card games with my friends, but I don't like to play gambling games. I love sports betting. It is literally my favorite NFL, uh, college ball, whatever. I love it. What about you, Rubio? Absolutely loathe it. Oh. I can't stand it because every single time I'm, if I, someone will give me like 20 bucks, just gamble because I'm such a, a fuddy duddy, as they say. I don't know who says that, but they someone does. <laughs> I, I they'll give me twenty bucks just to gamble to shut me up, and I will immediately stress and say, "Okay, that's this. I have to work this much harder to earn that twenty bucks back, or do that." And then I'm the guy who, if I'm sitting behind you at a table, I, the whole entire time I'm cash out, cash out, cash out, cash out, cash out. So I hate gambling. I don't like it. It makes me very, very nervous. I'm starting to shake just thinking about it. <laughs> that's a great answer. Number two, uh, this comes from Steve in Henderson, Nevada. Speaking of Las Vegas, that's right next door. Um, if you both can interview a couple people. 
who would be on your list? Um, I'll take that one again. Uh, Brian Urlacher, uh, just because I think he's super interesting. Um, and I grew up a huge Chicago Bears fan, which I wouldn't suggest is the terrible, most terrible existence on the face of the earth. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, and I would, I had Brian Urlacher, and then I also had uh, Kenny Chesney because he had quite the run uh, back in the early 2000s. I think it'd be really cool to hear all his stories. What about you, Rubio? I would have – I wrote down five. Uh, Vince Vaughn, I think he's hilarious. Uh, Jared Kiso, the creator of Letterkenny. I'd just oh. love to see the way his mind works. Um, Michelle Tafoya, I've mentioned that before. I think she's super courageous in what she did. Um, and my last two would be complete opposites, but I love to talk to them. And you know me, I love to argue. I would pick Joey B, which I call, that's what I call Biden. I think it would be great. And El Trumpo, that's what I call Trump. I would love to interview those guys. That would be wild. They get them both in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question. Okay. So Rubio, a little birdie told me about you getting your youngest son, Damon Dale out of a bathroom in a unique way. Uh, can you please elaborate? All right. So I'm not sure who wrote this in, but there I'm, I'm a little bit upset with them, uh, but here we go. Anyway, Damon was probably he was at the age where he was walking and he was talking, but not like really like a year or two. I don't know how once kids start growing, you, you forget kind of the, the, the milestones. And he goes into the bathroom, our hallway bathroom, and he opens up a drawer. He shuts the door and opens a drawer. And so you can't open the door to get in. And he was just at the age where, OK, I start to my mind starts to wander and I go. Okay, what if he falls in the toilet, like head first? I mean, are you know, what if he starts the, you know, the sink or the, the tub or something? And we're trying to tell him, like, Damon, shut the shut the drawer, shut the drawer, because we can't get in, man. And he's too young and dumb. They don't know what's going on. So he's just giggling, having a good time. And he he's just have, you know, we can start to hear him and then it gets quiet. And you're like, okay, well, what's happening here? And so me, I'm like, what am I gonna do? I, there's no window because it's right in the middle of the house. So I go out to our garden shed, because this is the way my mind works. And I get a pair of uh, uh, tree trimmer, shrubbery clippers. I don't know what the hell they're called. <laughs> like Edward Scissorhands type things. And I proceed to go up to the um, door because I'm going to just jam it in. I'm just going to literally just break it down. That's what I can do. Can't unscrew because the hinge is on the other side. And so I immediately get these clippers. And I'm like, just like this, my wife goes, what are you doing? And I go, I'm going to smash the door open. She goes, <laughs> Why don't you raise it up a little bit? Cause you're pretty much eye level with them right there. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's probably a good move. Good so they, you know, five, six feet high, whatever. I jammed them in there. It looked like a, the shining or something. So it's a great horror movie. And I proceeded to get a, a hole big enough with these shears or whatever the hell they're called. And I reached my hand in, unlocked it and pushed the drawer in and everything is fine. Wow. That was fantastic. I feel like I'm going to have to hit you up because my son's four months old and I feel like give me a year. I'll be right there with you. Uh, it, it was it was frightening, but now it's funny. There we go. That's awesome. All right. That's going to wrap up this fantastic email question segment. Remember, if you have any questions, you can always email Rubio at the method.com. And thanks for subscribing on Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon, and of course, Apple and NGBN.tv. Next up, our fabulous guest, Christian. I'm out. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. 
We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. And now, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading at unitedthroughreading.org. Focus. Focus up. Talking to you, Mike, out in Seattle, Washington. Thanks for subscribing on Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon, Apple, and of course, NGBN.TV. We have a phenomenal guest. You're going to absolutely love this guy. His name is Ed McAndrew. Let me give you a little bit about him. He's had 30 years experience of working with accounting and ERP systems or ERP. He has worked with pretty much every damn software out there. And I don't know what any of them are. <laughs> so, you know, he's big time and into the big time tech industry stuff. We're going to try to find out a little bit about it because I literally did a lot of research and I still can't figure it out. He's been married for 30 years, lived his entire life in Virginia and has two kids. He is a little person living in a big world. His wife, kids, parents and all siblings are all normal. He is 53 years old, and for about the past four years, he thought he's been put here to do so more, much more. So let's find out about Ed. Ed, thanks for coming on, my man. Rubio, thank you for having me, man. It is, it's really great being here. Yeah, so uh, that's a good intro. Yeah, I've been in business for a long time. <laughs> thanks. We're going to try to break down exactly <laughs> what's, what you're all about, and we're going to get to the bottom line of it all. So Sounds number good. one, here's we got three quick questions for you, just kind of break the the you know the, the seal, so to speak. Let's you were it. at Coxswain in college, and I got to know, is that easily the best job in sports? Because what I'm seeing, for those that don't know, and I'll send Jeff a picture that he could put okay. out there. A Coxswain, you're basically in the, the giant canoe boat or whatever, and you're the dude yelling at people? Yes, you are actually exactly right. I was the uh, coxswain for the women's lightweight eight at St. Joe's when I was in college. And uh, it, it is a good job. However, the tradition is, is when you w win a race, the coxswain gets thrown into the river. I've been thrown into both the Potomac River and the Schuylkill River in PA based on winds that we had. So, yes, it's fun. But, however, when you're rowing in November or October and you're thrown into a river – it's a little chilly. Yes, great time, but yeah. So yes, I was. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely out. And how how, how do you pronounce it? It's not Coxswain. Co it's it's co it's cock it's coxswain. Yeah, it's a oh. coxswain. Well, that they basically, get... it basically steer the boat. You steer the boat by just yelling. No, actually, there's actually you control the oars. There's two there's two little strings that you turn, and the slightest adjustment moves you one way or the other. Seriously. Yeah, it's no, it's it's not as easy as yeah. Seriously, you have to you have to take into account the the current of the the current of the river you're rowing on plus the rowers. There's eight in the boat, or I was coxing on an eight, so there was eight in the boat. So if you had power on one side and not the other, if it wasn't equal in power, the boat could move, and you would have to compensate for that with moving the rudder and the wind and any debris. Yeah, actually, it's interesting you bring this up. We have. Uh, we finally we're we're got kind of getting our alumni boats back together and well what was it last uh, early what was it it was earlier this year we actually had an alumni eight in the head of the Schuylkill that I was coxing hadn't been in a boat for oh let's say thirty years or so and we start slowly getting it back together it's a fun sport okay and again it's you know and actually this is where my size became a big advantage because I was small enough and at the right weight back in college that 
if the coxswain's not a certain weight, you have to sandbag the boat. It's better well, to have yeah. live weight. Yes, it's better to have live weight in a boat than dead weight. And I was, I didn't have to sandbag the boat. Well, hell yeah. And if, if I was a coxswain, I'd, they'd have, I'd be popping a damn wheelie. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is that that. some of the other coxswains were too light. Some of the, oh. some of the others that they were trying. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Okay. This was, yeah. So anyway. So you're about the fifth guest that has said Rocky is their favorite series. What does it for you on that movie or that series? The underdog. It, it, he was he was an underdog. It's just that I'm a Philly guy. It's Philly. You know, I, I watch that and I mean I've run the I run the steps. You know, I've I've been to South Philly. I have a lot of I have a lot of friends and friends in the area. Uh, it's the whole underdog. You know where he kind of he overcomes. Yeah, he's not, he's, it's, it's like it's yeah. like what we've talked about. You know, you and I have talked about it. You know, you, you overcome the adversity, and even through overcoming the adversities, there's still different struggles. Oh, you yeah. know? you're always gonna yeah. have that. What's yeah. your go-to snack? My go-to snack. That's good. Uh, my go-to snack are probably uh, dry cereal. Right now, I eat a lot of dry cereal. What, yeah, what like that, uh, like raisin bran, you know, Cheerios type stuff. Because okay, I sit behind a computer all day. Yeah, but my okay. actual go-to food, I like baked goods. Okay, all kinds of baked goods. Right. You can't go wrong with a baked good. Um, Ed, you and I connected on LinkedIn, and immediately you started, you know, commenting on a post or liking a post, and I can immediately see the way you were commenting and the way I commented. I'm like, okay, this dude and I, we connect because we're both. I don't want to use the word rude, but a little bit rude, a little bit crude, a little bit just more bottom line. Um, and just, you could see we were kind of on the same path right. and I'm very on PC. I think you're very on PC more than I, the more that I talk to you. And so I'm going to hit right out of the gate with this question. What the hell are you? What I mean by that is this. <laughs> Are you a, cause, and I've, here's why I'm asking, because right. number one, yeah, I know. I've got no couth. And number right. two is that I've seen you post about it different ways where I've seen you post that you're a little person, you know, quote unquote, little person. But then I've also right. seen you post dwarf, was it dwarfism awareness month? Yes. Is it, is it, what's the proper worm, word? Is it midget? Is it dwarf? Is it little person? Is it dude? I mean, what, what, I, what is it? Talk to me. Well, Good question, Rubio. And you know what? It's it's kind of like I figured this was going to come out of it, so I was kind of been thinking about it. Like if you and I were at a bar and you came up and asked me, my my first comment would be saying, "I'm Ed. Nice to meet you, Rubio." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, you know, really, it, I, I for me, it's you know, it's dwarf or short statured. You know, I know the com common people who I am what they call an achondroplast dwarf. There's about 400 different types of dwarfism in the in the world. It's like one in one in 100,000 births, I think, is the statistics. And the typical acon typical dwarf who has achondroplasia is born to average size parents more times than not. So, um, so that's you know that's kind of where I am. It's it's basically skeletal dysplasia. Dwarfism is, in fact, my torso's average size. So the average size I have an average size male torso. It's my limbs that are short and I have a sway back. I have some stenosis in my like lower L4, L5 area. That's kind mm -hmm. of chronic. And so those are some of the, some of the things. And so by saying that, you know, dwarfs are out of proportion. Okay. And where, where really, if you look at the definition of a midget, 
midgets are smaller people in proportion. So really, it doesn't, it, you know, basically to answer your question, I prefer Ed. Yeah. But if, if, if we have to label, and we can get into this in a little bit, if we have to label me, you know, I would pre- prefer dwarf or short statured. Saying to me, little person is a diminutive term in the sense that I'm really not, I'm short, mm-hmm. but I'm not little. Yeah, you're not teeny that, tiny. No, I have a 17 and a half inch neck. I'm not, I'm not little. What is, that's got, what, what's my neck? Cause that, that's, that seems big. No, I, it is. I, I have very broad shoulders. I'm, I, I think we've talked about it. I come from a very long, uh, I have the build of all the men in my family, except I have short arms and legs. So yeah, because your brothers are six feet and six, four, right? Yes. And I have uncles that are that big. And my father was that big. And my, I have my cousin, I have cousins that are that big. Okay. I got the short and I got the short straw. <laughs> the, 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 the uh, short end of the state. No, you, you and right, I are going to exactly. be the, the PC yeah. police are coming after you and I today. Exactly. But no, but, but, but you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't, I, and we've talked about this a little bit, you know, I don't, there's, I think we've gotten too much into this labeling and PC and stuff. And I think one of the things, you know, my post about, you know, meeting the little girl in the, in the store, you know, where mm-hmm. her dad kind of said, Hey, just say hi to him. You know, I think, uh, I think a lot in, in a lot of senses nowadays, people are afraid to do that. Parents, you know, especially when their kids call out, you know, the kid called out first because, you know, the kids don't have filters, which is, is, is good, you know, out of the mouth of babes, as they say. Yeah. And when the dad said, you know, just say hi to him, I was like, you know, that is, that's a very encouraging fact because he's teaching his daughter. That's what we need to do. That's, you know, he's, I mean, we talk to people. That's, that's how we learn. And that's how we communicate. And, you know, I finally saw her and we, you know, we chatted, I said, hi, you know, she was like three years old. Okay. Real, real quick, Ed, real, real quick. Um, the story he's talking about you, on LinkedIn, this right after I saw this story, basically Ed was going to the store. He noticed that this girl, let's say four to seven years old. I don't know how old she was. She was probably four. Four. And she's kind of like looking at him, looking at him and notices, okay, this is you know, this is an adult, but he's, you know, shorter stature. And the dad had the intelligence to just say, you got a question, go ask him. He's not a damn alien. And right. to you, uh, that's exactly what I would have done too. Right. I would say, use your words, go, go talk, right. find out. And so it, it comforts everyone because, you know, if he like said, just go to the corner, don't look, don't look, don't look. Number one, you look like an idiot. Number two, that's not helping out the overall situation. And number three, she's never going to learn. Right. But and, and that gets back to our whole PC thing. You know, people are afraid to say the wrong thing. Mm. You know, they don't know. You know, I think in some cases, some people are afraid to say, say say the wrong thing. Plus, it's a two way street, Rubio. And what that, what I mean by that, and I was telling somebody this earlier today, is that a lot of a lot of people who are uniquely different, like myself, aren't always receptive to those questions and comments and stuff like that. You know. I'm not mm-hmm. saying everybody, but I'm saying, and I'm saying, you know, I think it has to be kind of a give and take on both sides because that's how we learn and that's how we gain acceptance. Yes. You know, you know, prejudice is 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 born out of a fear and a, and a, a lack of understanding of something that you don't know about. That's really hundred percent. You, know, yeah. you, you always see like a lot of time where people are prejudiced about you know a, a certain color person or a left handed person. I'm just throwing things yeah. out there. Right. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. how many how many of those people do you know? Um, right. None. 
then how right. can you possibly be prejudiced against that? It's impossible. You know, are oh, you right. prejudiced against this, this political party? Well, how many do you really hang out with and talk to? Um, right. Two? Well, maybe you're just talking to two assholes from that party. You know, exactly. and it's one of those things. But go go into the PC thing. At Do you think it's more of a, why do you think people are not as, let's say, like you and I, where we just kind of speak? Do you think it's fear of being canceled or something like that? I think it's fear. I think we're just so overprotective of what, you know, of other people's feelings, you know. And I, I just think it's. It's we've just got we've gone so far to saying, you know, what is the you know, there are so many terms now for everything. It's like, what is the right term to, to use? Mm -hmm. And nobody knows. And if somebody comes to me and says, hey, are you a midget? I'd be like, I know they're coming from a, a place of ignorance, you know, what, ignor ignorance, in the, but ignorance in the sense that they don't know, not in a place of being mean. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and say, no, I'm a little person or what or what have you. Or like when kids say. Why are you small? You know, I look at them, smile and say, because that's how God made me. You know, they make mm -hmm. people big and tall. Um, and I think that is, is part. I think that's a big part of it is that people are just afraid to say the wrong thing and hurt feelings. And I think we've gotten a little soft, you know, as a society with regards to our feelings and emotions that, you know, everything people say either we're hooray, 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 or we're, oh, sad, angry, hurt. It, it's it's two extremes. There's no middle anymore. And you, and, you, and I think you see that in society. Well, yeah, and, and I, I, I don't think it's a good way to live because no. you, you, can't, you can't tiptoe through life because eventually you're going to come up to a dude or, you know, someone who is not towing that line and they're going to just be like, okay, and they're going to talk to you and your, your feelings are going to get hurt because they asked if you wanted a vanilla scoop of ice cream. It's like, right. that's, not, that's not a big deal. No one cares. And I think that's where I am good with it is that people can talk to me, call me brown, black, yellow, green, you know, fat. Oh, yeah. and I, I don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you are as long as you're right. not an idiot. And right. I think that it's the lack of caring. It gets me into trouble sometimes because of what I say. But it's also mm -hmm. it helps me out where my, my skin is pretty damn thick. Right. And I think and I think that's how it needs to be. And that's, you know. You know, that, that has its pluses and minuses. You know, my skin's been thick, but that also having the thick skin, you have, we have to find that happy medium in the sense that you don't have, when you have a thick skin, you lack vulnerability. When you lack vulnerability, you, you could lack opening up to people and being, they say, emotionally connected somewhat. So, you know, you got to kind of find, that's why I say you got to, and I, I'll be honest, I'm working on that, finding that happy medium between being kind of my protective self and allowing me to be more vulnerable. And that's why I've kind of started doing these posts out there. That's kind of me sharing something that is, you know, a part of me that I typically wouldn't. And, you know, and it's out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And you know, the, you know, Ian Hill and you know, the rest of the guys, you know, Chris, Charles, yourself, you guys have kind of given me that strength kind of in just our communications through LinkedIn to kind of do that and be more, you know, supportive and say, okay, it's our right to do that. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's okay. And it's okay yeah. to talk to people and it's okay just to exactly you know, take, take that first step. If you can take the first step, you're going to, you're going to continue on to the journey. Right. Usually it's a matter of taking that first step. Exactly. I remember one time I was bungee jumping a long time ago and 
the dude was like three, two, one. And he says, the first step is the hardest, obviously. Mm -hmm. But after it literally said too. after I say one, if within one second you don't go, we pull you back in because you'll never go. And, yeah, and I was, that's, uh, and that's that, how it, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's exactly, you know, I kind of use that, use that sometimes to get myself motivated to get moving. You know, I count down for like from five, four, three, two, one at one, you get off. It's like NASA, you blast off. Yeah. And it does, you have to, you have to have that jumping point. Speaking of thick skin, uh, I mean, growing up, you know, smaller statured, you kids are idiots. How did you handle that growing up through elementary, middle school, high school, college and beyond? You know, it's, 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 Good question. You know, I, I, I was really blessed through all of those and through today. I've had, you know, a great group of friends that have always, you know, you know, been there for me. You know, I, you know, I really wasn't, you know, as much, I wasn't really picked on that much, you know, it, with the exception of, you know, your, your buddies, you know, bust your, bust your stones for things. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, I, I was not adverse to that, you know, for, through grade school, high school, and stuff like that, you know. I have, you know, I have wrestling teammates that I'm, you know, I'm very close with that I still keep in contact with. Um, but how I handled it is, I usually ignored it, or my friends would actually take would would say something to them. And I mean, that's yeah, the it, kind of thing. That's the kind of way. And, and, but what was, and, and they would they would you know if if somebody was pointing or laughing, my friends would get involved more. Like if we were at the mall or something. And if your friends are anything like if your friends are anything like my friends, they're your friends are probably the rudest people of all of them. Yeah. And no, they would. Yeah, they would. And they they would want to take care of it. And it was one of those things like we can mess with him, but you can't because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. all family. You know, it's it's the whole family thing. But what it used to always drive me crazy is like if I was out when we was younger and my mom would say, like I'd be out with my mom and my mom would say something. I'd be like, mom, no, stop doing that. Don't do that. You know, it's like somebody's pointing you. You shouldn't point and make fun of him. And I'm like, mom, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's all in. No, it's all good anyway. Sp speaking of your mom, I saw a quote where she said, "Ed is the only little person who doesn't know he's a little person." When did you decide to not let your size define you? Uh, when I was second grade. Well, okay, what happened in second grade? I was watching. I can remember we were watching a uh, Pele soccer movie in yes. or a film strip back in the day, and I said, "I want to play soccer." And I started playing soccer about then, but I was, you know, I was playing in with my friends in the regular leagues and I just, everything I did, I did with them. There was no special treatment. I didn't, I didn't want it. I turned it away. You know, it was like, I, I you know, I, I was going to, I played soccer at the regular level. I tried out for my freshman soccer team in high school thinking I was going to make it. I had every, you know, and I didn't, I mean, you know, some of the stuff in your mind, you're just like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I, there are things today. I, I just, I have these grandiose plans of like, but I don't see myself as not achieving, but in essence, I may not. I'm slowly starting to accept more of that. That's kind of another part of the process that I'm going through with regards to, you know, kind of acknowledging, I mean, you made a comment about the dwarfism awareness month. Mm -hmm. That was really, that was way outside my comfort zone, uh, mm -hmm. Rubio, in the sense that that was me acknowledging to a public forum that I'm actually a little person. Because mm -hmm. I've never really done that before. And it's kind of, I was talking to a friend and I was like, I'm acknowledging in my own mind what everybody's known for 53 years. I'm just now starting to recognize. Yeah. 
So did, yeah. Did it, so, did, did, when you when you did that, did it feel like, oh, it's starting to. It's starting mm-hmm. to. I still, you know, I, you know, I. There are things that kind of bum me out that I can't do because it's just it's I'm I'm not. It's it's just not gonna. It's just not gonna. Well, happen. yeah. There. I mean, that, that, and I think you look at it in a good way. And there's no matter who the hell you are. Okay, it, you could be a sword statue person. You're not dunking yeah. a basketball. No, right? Nope, not dunking a basketball. I'm not going to be sitting comfortably in a Delta a plane seat. Okay, it's just there's certain right. things that people cannot do. It just it is what it is. Right. I mean, I'm not going to part my hair tonight. Either of yes. you. Okay. So it's just one of those things. That Mine's I think by choice. I, I don't know. Mine's by choice, though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I don't know if yours is. I'm. I. I don't know. So I. I Mine's by yeah, choice. We'll anyway. say it's by choice. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no and this was fantastic well where can people if they have questions for you obviously they can email rubio at the rubiomethod.com and we can funnel them over well, what yep. do you got going on with your life what, what do you want to promote you know what? you know i just want i don't really promote anything right now i don't know you know i don't have anything at the moment if you want reach out to me on linkedin it's ed mcandrew um you can find me there. You know, feel free to reach out, connect, and uh, kind of go from there. But I, I had fun time, Rubio. Thank you for having me on here. With this was great. You know, it's all about having fun and about you know being the best we can be. I, I couldn't agree more, Ed. Thank you very much. Great, great segment, Christian. I'm out. What do you think you're doing, Kevin? I was just gonna drive home. Ah, 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 there are several warning signs present that you shouldn't be driving. Like hearing voices? Like your text to emoji ratio? Oh man, the selfies. (laughs) Selfies, nailed it. We all have warning signs that let us know that we're probably not okay to drive. Mine is pretending to be your subconscious. Craig, come on man, let's put a ride home. Focus, focus up. I'm talking to you, TC Alexis, or California, wherever your motorhome is taking you and Laura. Thanks for watching on Spotify, YouTube, Google, Amazon, Apple, and of course, NGBN.TV. You have any questions for myself, Monahan, or Ed, you can email rubio at therubiomethod.com. That was a great, great interview. Really enjoyed our time with Ed. Right now, it's time for the bottom line for all you new watchers and listeners. The bottom line is their final segment. It's just basically the stuff you should have learned without even realizing you learned it. Number one, let the music play my man. Like Monahan said in his minute with Monahan is find a good playlist, create your own playlist, ask someone to create you a playlist. It'll take you into a whole different realm. It really helps out your mind and your body. So let the music play my man. Number two, Sometimes you must take the first step to reach the end goal. Like we're talking about with Ed, you got to take that first step. Like we talked about the bungee jumping, you got to take that first step. And usually that first step is the hardest, but you'll notice that once you take the first step, the goal becomes closer and closer and closer. And three, you are who you are and no one or any one thing can or should define you. This is what Ed was talking about, how four years ago he decided, okay, I'm going to basically start saying what I want to say. I want to start doing what I want to do. And there was a massive confidence factor and how we talked about how when you put the dwarfism awareness month thing out, how it was basically off his chest. 
and he was accepting something that people have been accepting for 53 years or 49 years or whatever it was before then. But you got to be able to do that and understand that not one person, I don't care if it's your height, your skin, if you're left-handed, you're right-handed, your political beliefs, that should not define you. You define who you are and no one else can do that. This was a phenomenal episode 18 of the Rubio Method. Christian, I'm out.